Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, December 31st, 2020, the final day of 2020. And I'm telling you, say goodbye and au revoir to 2020 with a jaundiced eye at your own risk because things can get worse. Let's not dwell on that, though. Uh, we're brought to you, as always, by the great people at Today's Dentistry. 317-849-2933 is the number to call if you want Dr. Mike O'Neill to take great care of your teeth. A wonderful uh, New Year's resolution would be improved dental health, and the best way to get that done is to call Dr. Mike O'Neill. Again, the number 317-849-2933. Let's talk about the Hoosiers last night. Indiana wins 87-85 against Penn State at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, man. And this is one of those games that Indiana absolutely had to have. They led by 12 with 9.58 left. They gacked up that lead. They go to overtime. They find a way to get it done. Rob Finnessy made two really tough defensive plays to get Indiana over the hump. And he hit the shot that won it for the Hoosiers. Trace Jackson Davis with 21 points last night. L. Durham shot it pretty well from deep, and that was a good thing because nobody else did. Indiana scored 87 points. They hit 57% from the field, all right, and yet still had difficulty winning this game. The defense was just not there last night. I thought Penn State did a really nice job of kind of putting themselves in a position to compete schematically. Indiana, I don't understand what they're doing. Uh, although, let's look, we're not going to argue with winning. You win, you celebrate, that's just the way it is. I thought Jerome Hunter played pretty well. I, I thought that he gave Indiana some good minutes. They're playing a very skinny rotation, not a lot of guys getting on the floor. Really a seven-man rotation, and, and Jerome Hunter playing about 16 minutes as that seventh man. So they're going deep with the other guys. Trey Galloway has been a revelation as a freshman, all right? The least heralded of the freshmen. You've got Christian Lander, Anthony Leal, Jordan Geronimo, all these guys. Those three guys, you thought, hey, maybe they can give Indiana something. They're giving Indiana nothing. The guy who's giving them something is Galloway, where without Galloway, they're not winning any games. Right now, they're 6-4. and four. I don't think they win half those games if not for Trey Galloway being a steadying influence and doing the things necessary to put Indiana in a position where they can compete. This is a weird team. Uh, 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 hey, they won. What are you going to do? Uh, they don't... I'm not going to say they don't compete, but I go back to that word fierceness, man. There's just not a fierceness to them, and there's not a discipline to their activity. Uh, this is not the kind of team that is talented enough to win without being precise in its movements and its execution and being able to shoot the basketball well. Last night, like I said, they hit 57.1% and still almost lost. That's not a good thing. There were 6 of 19 from beyond the arc and only had four offensive rebounds. They're not a good rebounding team. They don't do things fundamentally well, like handle the basketball. Too many turnovers. And it's not just the turnovers. It's too... What am I doing? What are we talking about? I keep saying that they win, and we're not going to argue with winning. And then I dog them out for other stuff. I'm just not going to do it. Indiana wins. We'll see what they do Monday against Maryland next week. They got three games. 
and and they're all important games. They've got Maryland, got to beat Maryland at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Then you play Wisconsin and Nebraska, both those games on the road. I think they're both on the road. At least the Wisconsin game is on the road. And uh, it, it, you're going to be able to win against Wisconsin. Who the hell knows? And then you got Nebraska, and you better be able to beat Nebraska because from that point on, you got tough games, starting with Purdue and running through a bunch of ranked opponents. Indiana has got to find itself, and they got to find itself in a hurry. I love the way Franklin plays, although Armand had some turnovers last night. Um, you you got to clean that stuff up. I like the tenacity with which he plays. He plays hard. He defends guys. Uh, Galloway defends guys. Both those guys give great effort on both ends of the floor. Uh, let's hope that Indiana can find itself. They kind of eked out a win last night against a lesser opponent. Made it more difficult than it needed to be. Again, we don't argue with winning. Let's move on, all right? Joey Brunk, we learned yesterday, had a procedure on his back. He's out indefinitely. That's really sad. I feel terrible for Joey Brunk. Joey Brunk's a really good dude uh, who I think would have liked to have done more at Indiana than he's been able to and at a higher level. And it, it's unfortunate that he hadn't been able to. Sometimes those are the breaks. Uh, the Colts, we found out yesterday, Anthony, Anthony Costanzo is out for the rest of the season. Had a uh, procedure on his ankle. It's not career-threatening. But it does take him out of play this weekend and throughout the playoffs, assuming the Colts are able to make the playoffs. We talked to Philip Rivers yesterday. Kevin Bowen of 107.5 The Fan uh, asked him a great question. You know, did, does he think about the fact that this could be his final game? And he said, you know, Philip Rivers is very honest and very forthcoming and really interesting to listen to. And, and he said, you know, it's funny you ask that, because yesterday I was thinking just that. This could be the last time I do this. And, and he was very uh, forthcoming, like I said, uh, about how he feels about that. And uh, he also said that he'll keep an eye on the 1 o'clock games. Everybody else is saying, you know, we're not paying any attention. We're not going to blah, 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 blah. You know, we're not going to look at the scoreboard. Philip Rivers said, this is what I do. I watch the early games. If we're playing in, in, in the 4 o'clock window, I'm watching the 1 o'clock games. That's what I do. So I'm going to know when we go on the field whether the Dolphins, the Browns, or the Ravens have lost. I'll know that. I like the honesty from Phillip Rivers. Uh, Braden Smith, he was removed from the COVID list yesterday. So was Jordan Glasgow. That is a good thing. Kari Willis and uh, Rocky Seen. They were out yesterday in practice, both in the concussion protocol. That's not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad either. They've still got time to move through the protocol to be able to play on Sunday. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. was limited yesterday while in the protocol, so hopefully by Sunday he's back and able to compete uh, because they, it's all hands on deck, man. you, you got to win this game against the Jaguars. And then you got to hope for help. And we talked about the help that's got to come. They could still win the division. If the Titans lose at Houston and the Colts win, the Colts are the four seed. They win the division. So there you go. And if they win and then uh, a bunch of other things happen, they could be the five seed. They could be the six seed, seven seed. Or if everybody else wins, and I'm talking about uh, the Titans, Ravens, 
Browns and Dolphins, they're going to be out. And that'd be a shame at 11 and 5. That'd be the third all time 11 and 5 team ever to be eliminated from the, uh, to not play in the postseason. The Colts, it's being reported by the Indianapolis Star that they're going to sign Jason Valdir, 33 years old, off the street. He retired from the National Football League rather than play for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, so he's, he's just out there. They're going to sign him to the practice squad and then a- activate him to the regular roster on Sunday and carry him in the postseason to replace uh, Anthony Costanzo. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Whether they slide Quentin Nelson over to left tackle, whether they uh, play somebody else there who, who they've got. We know that Holden isn't going to be able to play. Uh, Frank Reich told us that he's going to be out on Sunday. We'll see what they cobble together to cover the left side of that offensive line. Uh, Anthony Costanzo not being able to play, that's a huge loss for the Colts. Maybe not this weekend, but in the playoffs, they're definitively going to miss Anthony Costanzo. Again, uh, Dolphins at Buffalo, it'd be nice if the Dolphins lost. Browns against Pittsburgh and Cleveland, it'd be nice if the Browns lost. Uh, Ravens at Cincinnati, be nice if the Ravens lost. Titans at Texas or at Houston, it'd be nice if the Titans lost. Those are the four teams. One of those four teams must lose and the Colts must win in order for the Colts to go to the playoffs. The Dolphins, Browns, and Ravens play at 1 o'clock. The Titans, they play at 425, simultaneously starting with the Colts. So you're going to have three uh, of those pitches to swing at in the early games, and then the one simultaneous to the Colts. We'll see how it goes down this Sunday. Should be a fascinating day. Pittsburgh and Buffalo are expected to rest some people. Roethlisberger, I guess, isn't going to play this weekend, so Mason Rudolph's going to step in as the starter at quarterback for the Steelers. Pacers today, 3 o'clock in afternoon. Nice against Cleveland. Uh, Pacers, an 83.2% chance to win this game. They are minus 7. That's the spread. Cleveland hadn't been too bad this year. I look at, at the Pacers minus 7 and I scratch my head. But you know what? It's the NBA. Who the hell knows? Uh, Donnie Walsh, the Pacers announced yesterday that he's leaving the team <clears throat> retiring, we would suspect he's going to turn 80 in, in March. However, Herb Simon wished him luck in his next chapter. I think that's wonderful. I hope there is a next chapter because Donnie Walsh is one of the most effective leaders and builders of culture in the history of American sports. One of the best team executives ever. And we were lucky enough to have him here for a long, long time. And I was lucky enough to talk to him for like an hour, interview him for the radio show for an hour. And Donnie Walsh was just absolutely fascinating and honest and self-effacing and all the wonderful things you would like a guy you're going to spend an hour with to be. Terrific. And that is the great fun of hosting a radio show is you've got an excuse, right? Hey, I, if Donnie's got some time, I'd like to talk to him. And so David Benner said, Donnie, I got this guy. He wants to talk to you, Kent Sterling. And Donnie says, sure, have him come in. So I go in a couple of weeks later, and uh, I say, hey, look, I want to be respectful of your time, so how much time do we have? Because that will determine sort of 
the pace of the conversation. He goes, uh, I blocked out an hour. Is that going to be enough? It's like, yeah, I'll take an hour with Donnie Walsh. You know what I mean? And it was fantastic. Uh, I, you learn so much from a guy like that. I absolutely loved it. It, it was a great hour with Donnie Walsh. I posted that yesterday at KentSterling.com, the, uh, the conversation, 46 minutes of absolute gold from Donnie Walsh. If you're in management or if you love basketball, if you just love life and want to see how you put together a life well-lived, Donnie Walsh is a great place to start. Uh, Butler, they lost yesterday 71-55 in a game that really wasn't that close. That game was over in the first half, but Butler continued to fight, and so they won the second half by one, and that's a good thing. They have a tough time scoring the basketball, and that's what it's going to be for Butler this year. It's going to be a transitional year for the Bulldogs, and, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. The Friars, they outshot Butler by 24% overall and by 20% from outside the arc. And when that happens, especially on the road, you're going to get your ass beat. And they were yesterday. Uh, Butler, they're going to stay out east for the New Year's holiday. Uh, they stayed in Providence last night. They're going to get on the bus, head to uh, Seton Hall, where they will play on Saturday. Ball State plays San Jose State today at 2 o'clock in the uh, Offer Pad Arizona Bowl. Whatever the hell that is. I know they're in Arizona, and that beats the hell. I mean, you can see the snow cover out there. Not much. Kind of a dusting, but still snow that they probably don't have in Arizona as uh, Ball State's out there to play in their bowl. I guess parents aren't being allowed to, to watch. Why? What are you doing? What are we out of our minds? You got big, giant-ass stadiums that seat 80,000 people. You think somebody is going to catch COVID if you let 500 people in that stadium and sit, obviously, socially distanced. If you go to Lucas Oil Stadium this Sunday, there are going to be 10,000 fans there. You look at how far they are separated from each other, how much distance they are socially from one another. You couldn't be safer, safer for God's sake. Um, Wisconsin beat Wake Forest in the Duke uh, Mayo Bowl yesterday. Then they take the trophy, and and the kids are passing it around, and Mertz, the quarterback, drops it. It breaks into a million pieces. You cannot trust college kids with nice things, right? I was never allowed to own anything when I was in college. It was breakable. Well, all my cups were plastic. I didn't allow myself. It wasn't like my parents said, you can't have things that could break. Plastic cups, right? I had a mattress that was on the floor. You can't break a mattress. There was nothing that I could break that I owned when I was in college because I knew my own limitations. Wisconsin's football team did not understand their limitations. They allowed the kids to touch the glass or crystal trophy. It broke in a million pieces. And so I guess everybody on the team gets a hunk. Kind of nice. Anyway, uh, Mike Kirshner. Coming back to Warren Central, 1979 graduate. He's coming back to coach football. Good for him. Spent the last few years at Mount Vernon. Prior to that, he was at Ben Davis, won a couple of state titles. And Mike Kirshner coming back to Warren Central. Good thing for the Warriors. Good thing for the kids who play football out there. Not necessarily a good thing for Mount Vernon because they lose Mike Kirshner. Let's celebrate some birthdays on this final day of 2020. 
And again, not to be dire about things, but if you think that 2020 is as bad as it can get, you haven't read the history books. <laughs> this We may look back on 2020 and say, you know what, really all things... Uh, what <sighs> not so bad. It wasn't great, but it could get worse. Rob Kirkpatrick, happy birthday. Jack Martin, happy birthday. Paul Turner, happy birthday. Paul Anne, happy birthday. Mark Ennis, the great Dennis Dodd, celebrating a birthday. Adam Bowersox, Jay Clark, the great Gerald Harkness, happy birthday. Larry Silver, Susan Babcock, John Bell, Faustin Henderson, happy birthday. Mark Lindsay, Brad Lennon, and Susan Smith, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Just be nice to each other. We can do that for each other, right? We don't need everything to go great financially or in terms of COVID and all that stuff. What we need to do is treat each other with some respect and some decency and, and try to lift each other rather than pull each other down. It's just that easy. Why not? All right, we'll uh, go Hoosiers, go Butler, go, uh, go Boilermakers, go Colts, for God's sake, and go Pacers this afternoon. Let's get the W. Let's, uh, let's see a lot of winning in 2021. Let's go.